Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Wicked Bandwidth podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fonfaro. With me, of course, Mike Murphy, president of Wicked Bandwidth. How you doing, Mike? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, Mike, I'm going to tell you a story before we get down to business. Um, The story of my week and the lesson I learned about thinking ahead. Um, Sunday night, my wife and I joined a new gym. And along with that new membership, they gave us each one free training session with a, with a physical trainer, professional. Great. Scheduled it for Thursday. Didn't even think about it. Well, Monday and Tuesday, we both went to work out. Wednesday night is soccer night for me. And it was playoffs. So we ended up playing two games. So I go into this personal trainer session, having worked out three days in a row. The day before, I was running around a soccer field for two hours and... Then I go into this personal trainer session where, you know, I tell him, yeah, push me, push me. Well, my goodness, today, Mike, I can barely walk. (laughs) The good news is wait till tomorrow because it's usually the second day that you really hurt. Yeah. So here's a question for you, Brian. I got a big (laughs) question for you. All right. You've got this great new healthy lifestyle, which I applaud and I fully support. What's the over under on the number of we can measure it in weeks or months that you work out three times a week or more. Oh boy. See, I would probably put that at, I'll call it three months being the over under. Okay. I tend to, I tend to do this in spurts. Uh, I'll work out three or four times a week for several months in a row. And then one thing will happen. I'll go out of town for the weekend. I'll, not be feeling up to it one day, I'll have an injury, like whatever it is, as soon as I break that rhythm, it might be three weeks before I go again. (laughs) So yeah, I'd say consistently. Yeah. All right. That's fair. All right. Going on the under three months. All right. I'm going to have to keep this up. I don't know. You'll have to decide what I win if I keep it up. We'll we'll talk about Uh, that. King size two, but Ben Gay. (laughs) Or Icy Hot, your choice. I'll need it. I'm, I'm more of an icy hot guy, but all right, that's right. fine. Done. All right. On topic, Mike, today we're talking Wicked Bandwidth. We're talking being installed in buildings um, in order for Wicked Bandwidth to work and provide the services that we've talked about in shows in the past. You got to be in the building. So, Mike, tell me what that means for these building owners. What what benefit is it to them for for them to allow you to install your programs, your hardware, whatever in their buildings. Great opportunity for the building owner. Uh, It is something that increases the value of the building and doesn't cost the building owner really anything at all. And that's that's very rare that something comes up that you can put into your building that's going to add value that you don't have to pay for. And so the way it works right now, you know, we've we've done a there's surveys out there that talk about the criteria that companies use to select real estate. And 75% of the small and mid-sized businesses consider network availability and available bandwidth to be one of the top three criteria in their decision-making process. This is, this is relatively new. And I think a lot of it you know, goes back to cloud and distributed computing and everything. You just need more available bandwidth for your employees to be able to do their job. So with Wicked Bandwidth, what we're able to do is bring infrastructure into the building 
that now allows for high capacity internet bandwidth to be available at no cost to the building owner. And so as tenants start to come to look at the building or prospective tenants, it's one of the questions they're going to ask. And if they're looking at three different properties and one has wicked bandwidth and the other two have traditional cable modem or copper services, you're going to have a huge, uh, I think, um, advantage in getting those customers. So what it, what it tends to drive over the course of time is a higher NOI and a higher absorption rate for the property because it's an amenity that you know is top three uh, that not every building is going to have. Plenty of advantages that I see. So why do you get some resistance? What are some of the reasons building owners say they don't want you to bring your wicked bandwidth into their building? You know, I think the, the probably the biggest challenge there is one of education. Um, you know, it's hard to really differentiate as a layperson the difference between a coax cable modem network and a fiber network and what we offer is wicked bandwidth. And so many times we'll hear the property manager or the building owner say, well, we're all set. We've got Comcast and Verizon. And the reality of the situation is, you know, in many of those buildings, we're talking to the tenants and they're saying, no, I need something more. I need something better. And really, it's a, just a different type of infrastructure. So that's one of the challenges, I think, is just understanding what it is that we're bringing to the building and how that's going to benefit the tenants. And, and we love to have those conversations with the property managers and the building owners. And, you know, it just it takes time, I think, to educate folks on on what we're doing out there. The second component, I think, is probably more historical where, you know, going all the way back to the days of the dot com, every company was going to light every building and provide all these great services. And they promised the world and delivered next to nothing in many cases. And so I think that there's a stigma still attached to the idea of a service provider coming into a building that makes the property manager and the building owner kind of look at it with a bit of trepidation. You know, we're a smaller company. We pick our buildings very carefully. We deliver our services, and that's really that's really our table stakes. I mean, that's what we, we do very well, and um, we like to work with the property owners and the, and the property managers to get them to feel comfortable that, you know, we're going to deliver the things that we're, we're set out to deliver, and we can certainly, you know, introduce them to other folks we've worked with in the city so they can have a bit of a – at least a reference to know that we're able to deliver our services. Okay, so aside from just straight up permission, yes, you can come into my building, what does a building owner need to provide to Wicked in order for you to deliver the service? It's really not much. So in order for us to provide service, we have to have a pathway into the building. So we'll usually come in from the street and find an entry point, what we call a minimum point of en entry, an MPO, into the building, which will mean that we're using either an existing pathway that maybe Verizon, Comcast, you know, electric, some sort of other facility is brought into the building. Uh, that's our first choice is to come in that way. The second choice would be to do a building penetration. And the building penetrations are, are very small. Uh, and so it's probably a half inch penetration through the foundation of the building and then into the building. Once we get into the building, we attach our cable to, you know, a chaseway or um, up in the ceiling or wherever it's completely out of the way. And really all we need at that point is a place to put a piece of equipment. 
it's probably a two by two space and uh, a regular 110 outlet. And, uh, and that's it. And from there, we're able to offer service. If we happen to be doing wireless in the building, we'll, we'll need access, or even if we're doing fiber, we'll need access to a riser system, which is your distribution system within the building, which every building at this point should have a distribution system. So we'll need access to that to pull our cable through the distribution system. You know, the, the process usually works where we'll provide a design, the building owner will, or the property manager will sign off on the design, and then we'll start construction, and then we'll provide an as-built that says, hey, this is what we built in your building, so they have a record of it. Great. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Yeah, you know, I think the idea that um, bandwidth has become just a, a, a much bigger component of the infrastructure within the office. If you go back 10 or 15 years, it was probably more around the space and the amenities and parking and transportation. And all those things are still important, but network has now become, in our opinion, of course, we're biased and we see the world from a network perspective, but it, it has become on equal footing with some of those other criteria. And I think the sooner that some of the property managers and building owners embrace that, the quicker they'll be ahead in the competitive landscape. And, you know, real estate, like any business, is a very competitive business. So we'd love to talk to the property managers and the building owners and tell them how they can get a competitive advantage that is going to add, you know, to their NOI and, and increase their absorption rate without costing them CapEx to construct, you know, new services. Well, Mike, it has been a pleasure. Feels like a long time since you and I have been on the mic talking wicked bandwidth. So, yeah, great to get back on the mic. Thanks for coming out today. Yeah, you got it, Brian, and uh, good luck with the uh, the training. Yeah, I'll be I'll be taking several ice baths over the next few days, but I'll be all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure to check out wickedbandwidth.com for updates on wicked bandwidth projects and pricing and services and all that good stuff. Thanks for coming out.